step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good morning, Austin, Texas, K-Town, Texas, Pflugerville, Dallas, H-Town, or wherever you may be listening. This is the Hard Knocks Life on Sports Radio AM 1300, The Zone. It's a feel-good opening day, Friday edition. That's right, folks. Baseball is upon us. The Longhorns open at the dish tonight, 7 p.m. first pitch against San Diego. The Texas State Bobcats open their season tonight at home against Youngtown State. Hey, first pitch is at 6 o'clock. We will have Coach Trout on with us at 817 for you Bobcat fans. We've got a special guest coming on today also for you Steeler fans. The author who wrote the book about Mike Tomlin, John Harris, will join us at 740 to talk about the book and where he'll be doing signing as well. Caitlin Clark becomes the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball. EA Sports released the trailer for the NCAA football, college football edition, 25, and and the Texas men and women are in action tomorrow. The men go to H-Town to take on the number three Houston Cougars. And the women get the chance to stay at home and take on Iowa State. I am Mike Harbaugh-Harge. And joining me as she does every day is the lovely Shannon B. Sweeney. But you know her as Salty. What's going on, Salty? Good morning, Harge, and happy, happy opening day, too, because I know that you and all the baseball, or seam heads, rather, right? That's right. That, that, that's, that's, that's a it. huge, seam heads. huge day, and, you know, after the reveal this week that there'll be some changes coming to Dish Fox Field, you know, it's kind of the one of those almost like the first, last day. And, and it's interesting that you say that because the changes are already there. I did not realize that the changes in left field were happening today. They're there. Oh, I went we're yetied out? out? We're yetied out in left field. So it is pretty cool. I was driving in because yesterday we had media day. So we got a chance to talk to uh, JT. We got a ch- chance to talk to LeBaron and Jack O'Dowd and Coach Pierce. And if you missed our interview with Coach Pierce, you can hear it on our uh, podcast page. Make sure you go over to AM 1300's The Zone podcast page or the hard knocks life podcast page and you'll find our interview with coach pierce but yeah i went out there yesterday and i looked and i was like wait a minute this is already open and then i had to ask the sid i was like is this now is like this now it's happening it is definitely happening so be prepared tonight when you get out to the ballpark. Not only will you be hanging out with the guys in Occupy Left Field, shout out to my boy Pena, but you will be able to go into that Yeti bar that is out there too. 
I'm sure people will find you there at some point this season. They will definitely. Not this weekend because I know you've got a big uh, fun trip coming up. Yeah, I got a trip coming up. But, yeah, this will be the last weekend that I will be able to really have some freedom, so to speak, with baseball starting. Uh, next weekend, we have the Carbach Round Rock Classic, which I will be calling those games. You can hear and get tickets. Uh, all you got to do is go to roundrockclassic.net to get those tickets. But, yeah. The Yeti field, Yeti left field, and it is a very open space as well. So there will be some heckling. I don't know how much heckling there will be going on at the very beginning of the season, pending on who, you know, you're playing San Diego, the first uh, series. So I don't know how intense it's going to be. But let's think about when Texas A&M comes here. Think about some of the regional games. Think about the Mm. rivalry games that will be taking place here and those people in left field, it is going to be crazy. So, yes, first pitch tonight, you will be able to hear it right here with Craig Way on the call as Texas starts their trip to Omaha. This is how the road to Omaha begins, and this is where Texas starts. But this weekend, Salty, this weekend, the All-Star Game is happening. The NBA All-Star Game. And I got a chance last night to kind of, Look at some of these events that are Uh happening. You know, the celebrity games. On the LED floor. On the LED floor. That's right. You brought that up. And I was looking at some of the things that are happening. And believe me, folks, we won't talk a lot of uh, NBA All-Star festivities just yet. But uh, tonight, they have the Ruffles All-Star Celebrity Basketball Game. One team is Stephen A. And the other team is Shannon Sharp. Shannon is a coach, along with 50 Cent. Um, Stephen A. has Lil Wayne and Asia Wilson as his coaches. What team would you rather be on? Well, with, Just me, with that information. I would want to be on team Shannon Sharp. That's what I thought. Yeah, because Shannon's going to act a fool, and <laughs> you know Stephen is going to be screaming. So we already know how that's going to go down. But these are that, that game starts tonight at 7 o'clock, I mean 6 o'clock Central Time, and it's the celebrity game. I wanted to ask you if you knew of any of these celebrities. Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly. I think you might know one of them. Okay. A.J. McClain. The Backstreet Boy. Okay. okay. Walker Hayes. Fancy like App- Applebee's country singer. Okay. Performing that's, that's, performing at the iHeart Country there you uh, go. Festival May there 4th. You go. <laughs> Sir. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who that is. Um, Adam Blackstone. Adam Blackstone is a very popular, uh, uh, he plays, plays bass, but he's a music, like live music guy. He plays for Justin Timberlake, Madonna. He did all of, he does okay. all the greats. Okay. Dylan Wang. Quincy Isaiah. No. Yeah. Say, say I'm kind of out of it, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you are, you do a lot of streaming, though, right? When you're playing your games, do, are you a streamer during that time? I'm not a streamer, no. Okay. I keep to myself. Kai Sinnott. Yeah, yeah. Tristan Jazz. No. Yeah. See, that's 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 where I are. Are they playing two K or are they playing Ex- actual basketball? They're playing actual basketball. That's why celebrity. Uh, it's celebrity. Asterisks. So some of these players that are out there, you're you're wondering, huh? Should I? Would I? Nah. I'm not going to be paying a lot of attention to <laughs> the uh, rook or the celebrity basketball game. But there are some other events that will be going on. And and if you get to the All-Star game, the rosters were 
compiled with LeBron James as being one captain mm -hmm. and Giannis Antetokounmpo being another captain. So for LeBron's team, the Western Conference team, is Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Shea Gilchrist Alexander, LeBron, and Nikola Jokic. Those are the starters. The reserves, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's a pretty solid Steph? basketball team. Yeah. Then you go to Giannis's team. Giannis, Joel Embiid, will not play, so he's out of there. Tyrese Halliburton, who I think is going to win the three-point shooting contest. Uh, Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum are the starters. Bam Adebayo, Boncaro, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Brown, um, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, who will not play because he's in injured, and Trey Young. It, that seems like the old generation versus the new generation. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the age average is, but that's definitely like the name of stars we've been hearing for the last 10 plus years versus the new blood. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of you look at it and you're like, okay, is this is this something that you really want to pay attention to? Because to me, the All-Star game is always about the high flyers, right? Yep. You're looking for the guys that can dunk. You're looking for the shots. It's no, it's no more like that. They're not dunking like that anymore. So they don't play defense either. Yeah, shooting threes, <laughs> not playing defense. They do not play defense either. But then they have the Rising Stars game brought to you by Panini. And there's so many other things that are going on. Three-point shooting uh, contest. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm always looking at the skills competition. We'll talk a little bit more about the skill competitions later in the show. But I just wanted to give you your NBA All-Star Weekend approach in Indianapolis. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Texas baseball team as they get ready to start their season for their 39th trip to Omaha. We'll be back right here on the Hard Knocks Life on Sports Radio AM 1300. The Zone. That's right, folks. You can feel it. Opening day around the nation for college baseball players. This is what it's all about right here. You just sit there. You couldn't sleep last night if you were getting ready to play today. As my man JB, John Baker, tells me, let's play too. That's right. It's that time, folks. So get excited about the major league. I mean, excuse me. The college baseball season is upon us, and it starts tonight at the dish. Uh, major League Baseball has already... Uh, had a bunch of guys report to training camp. Everyone is now in training camp. And it's an exciting time for everyone. But for Rob Manford, he decided that the commissioner of Major League Baseball decided to make the announcement that he will be stepping down in 2029. I don't even understand why we got to know that right now. But I guess he wants to be ready to groom whoever is going to take his spot for five years, he is stepping mm -hmm. down at the end of the 2029 season. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, why are you waiting? Are you, yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of folks that are saying, why do we have to wait till 2029? Why not just step down right now? 
And the reason is he's done a he's done a decent job. I know a lot of people have their views of every commissioner, whether it's a good commissioner or a bad commissioner. Everybody's going to find that bad side of the commissioner that rubs them the wrong way. But he said when he's going to step down, he will be 70 years old and you only have so much fun in one lifetime. Yeah, I can see that. Although five years, there's still time to to change his mind. But but so. if he were to step down today, what what would be the lasting impact you feel like he left on Major League Baseball? I think what he's been able to do with Major League Baseball is he's trying to build better ballparks. Mm-hmm. He's making it fun again. Uh, whether they're talking about um, the fact of hard baseballs versus soft baseballs, home runs versus non-home runs, the speed of the game I think is – Pitch so clock. the pitch clock is is so uh, important, and I don't mean that as if. <coughs> excuse me, I don't mean that as if the game is boring. Because obviously, I played the game. I'm always engaged into the game, so I know the ins and outs and everything that goes involved in it. But. I get tired of watching a pitcher walk around for like 20 minutes. I get tired of watching a guy step out of the batter's box, fixing his glove, going through his routine. Like, it's ridiculous sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, there are moments where the pressure and the situation may be a little bit more, so you might want to span it out a little bit, let him him take his time. But there are some times where I'm at a ballpark for four hours, and I'm like, why? Why? I mean, I love the game. That's your day. Well, I called a game a few years ago, and I think I told you about this, where it was five-hour baseball game, and it was only nine innings. That's it a, wasn't extra innings. Much. There was a lot of runs being scored, so there were things to talk about. But we had run out of commercials because of pitching changes <laughs> and everything that was happening. It was like, okay, let's go back to commercial number one and start this thing over again. Yeah, I mean... That would be the the impact uh, for me. I think too, you you you've expanded. You got to thirty two teams, and they have not expanded since then. But you sit to to this to this thought process of where can these teams go, where what's next for each team, and how can we enhance their environment? Mm-hmm. It's just like what we were talking about here today. I didn't realize that the left field, Yeti left field, was open. Now it's open, and you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be pretty cool. It's, it can be good or it can be bad. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be I good. I think it'll because, be good. Yeah, because you're at field level. You're actually, it looks like you are on the field. It has the, like, NFL club level That's exactly vibes. what it is. That's 100% what it is. And it, 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 it could get wild out there, which is the fun part about it to a certain extent, as long as they don't go over the yeah, line. Don't go chunking those heavy Yeti metal cups. <laughs> yeah. And it costs you a lot I for them Yeti cups. Oh, I know yeah. it. So, so you might want to be careful. But to me, I think his legacy is going to be the, the changes that were made last year that were implemented this year. I mean, uh, two years ago that were implemented last year and going to continue to enhance the baseball game. I think it's great. I think the clock is great. You keep engaged. People don't go to the bathroom near as much. Can't go to concession. But now you can get concessions. That's the creativity of it. You can order from your phone on an app. Those are the things that have definitely have been helping. Um, They were talking about strikes, and they got that figured out. 
a couple years ago, right after the COVID year. So he was able to create these things that your mind can go to and say, all right, yeah, the old school head. Like when we talked to Mike Caps and I was asking him about the electronic strike zone, the automated strike mm -hmm. zone, he was like, it's actually been good. It's actually been good. And he's an old school guy. He didn't yeah. think he was going to like it. He didn't think he was going to like the bases being a little bit bigger. But what did you get? The one rule that I don't like is you can only throw the first base twice. That's the one thing, because after you throw over there a second time, you, unless you get the guy out and you throw over there, it's considered a balk, so he's safe anyway. Huh. So, yeah. So those are the types of rules that I do like. But, man, for being able to say that, oh, man, this is it for me in 2029, I think that's a little bit way out there. He, he wants that that five-year retirement celebration. Yeah, he's like he's going to do the tour, see if anybody's going to give him rocking chairs, some boots like they do to those players that make the, their rounds. But, uh Good for him. Congratulations. It's always fun. But everybody wants to talk about the University of Texas baseball team and what the projections are going to be. They've been, I've seen them ranked as high as number eight, and I've seen them ranked as low as number 16. So for me, this Texas baseball team, they are, are, are itching to go. And the conversations yesterday, because like I said, we got a chance to talk to Jared Thomas. We got a chance to talk to Jack O'Dowd and LeBaron Johnson. And every single one of them, to a man, the, they ended their conversation with Omaha. And not, not Peyton Manning Omaha. <laughs> Omaha, where the College World Series is uh, played every single year. And the disappointment of not being there yes, uh, last year mm -hmm. because of the freak play by the lights, it hurts them. It stings them. And he was asked, Jared Thomas was asked about, did you, what, what drives you now? He said, when those days when you're thinking about, man, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like lifting weights today. I always think about that play and what happened prior to it, like what happened throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Is that why we were put in that position? So it motivates me to get up every single day to go out there and get myself ready to play. Speaking of being ready to play, they was also asked about the position that he's going to play. Is he going to play first? Is he going to play center field? He's like, <laughs> in Jared Thomas fashion, he goes, I don't even know if I'm going to be playing, period. So we don't know where I'm going to play. You know, he's being smart because he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be batting leadoff. Uh, David Pierce addressed that yesterday. And it's going to be an interesting season for real for this team because there's some guys like Porter Brown and uh, Peyton Powell that are going to have to be the leaders of this team. Both of these guys are redshirt seniors and are are vital to the success of what this team is going to do in the middle of that lineup. We heard from David Pierce yesterday, and he said that, He's a heavy left-handed lineup, but he's got to try to find the balance in there to spread some guys out to be able to find the proper lineup because you don't want to be too left-handed strong. If a pitching staff comes in and they got a bunch of lefties, it's going to be a lot of lefty-on-lefty -lefty battles, and they're going to be able to do so there. But the pitching staff is going to be led by LeBaron Johnson. He's excited about it, followed by Tanner Witt and Charlie Hurley. But you also look at... What what are the expectations in this league? Right now, TCU is the favorite in the league, followed by the Texas Longhorns at number two. But then you look nationally, 
and you say, okay, how is each team going to match up? There's a bunch of big games that are going to be happening for the University of Texas where they are going to learn who they are real early. You start the season with San Diego. On Tuesday, you play Houston Christian. Then you play Cal Poly. So you got all those games, followed by another Tuesday game against St. John. But then you go to the uh, Astros Foundation College Classic at Minute Maid. That's a lot. Uh, You start off that Friday night against LSU, the number one team in the nation. Mm. And then you go, you play Texas State, and then you finish it off with Vanderbilt. And then March 5th, Texas A&M comes here, and then you go on the road March 8th through the 10th, you go to Lubbock in Texas Tech, where you always know it's going to be a battle. So Texas is going to be challenged early, and he's going to have an opportunity to figure out which piece and which player is going to fill in each role. Some of the roles are already going to be defined. As I said, some of the older players. Mm -hmm. But you got catchers that you're going to try to um, mix and match. Then you got second base. Jack O'Dowd's going to be there, but Jalen Flores is looking to have a huge year. You don't know what's going to happen in right field, center field, or left. Well, Porter Brown will be out there. But you start to look at all of these guys, and you say, is this their opportunity? What is it like for me to play at the University of Texas? A lot of them are about to find out, and they're about to find out quick because baseball is here. The dish is live and going to be excited. I can't tell you how many text messages and and tweets I've gotten already because baseball is here. And you know anything about Texas baseball fans? They are the loyal of the loyalist. They will be there. They will be loud, and they will get after you. I know they want to party in left field, and I don't mind you doing it. I, I, I like being out there, too. But this is going to be a fun time for David Pierce. And the new part of it is David Pierce did announce that he will be in the dugout. And Steve Rodriguez, former teammate of mine, is now the the third base coach for now. You know the season is long. Things may change depending on how David Pierce feels. But he will be the pitching coach. And Coach Rodriguez will be coaching third base. Salty, you hadn't been out to the dish before. Like, thank well, you for, for 20, thank 20 you years. for not uh, mentioning that to Coach Pierce yesterday. I was going I, to. I got out of it. Yeah, I, got I was out going of that to. One. I saw him yesterday. I meant to bring it up, but oh. I was like, eh, we should see. <laughs> but let me ask you this. When you hear about Texas baseball, and I know you have a lot of friends that know a lot about Texas baseball, what what is something that you've always heard about these teams or the games? Let's just say the games. Consistency. Yeah. I mean, as as one of the, you know, obviously like Texas swimming and diving and volleyball, but of, of kind of the bigger uh, staged programs within Texas, I mean, they are typically super consistent. We talk about Omaha, how that is always the goal. Yep. Uh, it's not X amount of wins. It's, it's, it's getting to Omaha. And, and so I remember, you know, the dog piles in the early 2000s. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping that we get to see more here. I'm, at, I'm on the co-op website right now, Harge, and they've, they've got the, the jerseys of all the varieties. Yep. That, that pinstripe one's pretty clean. That, that's the one that everybody's been talking about, yeah. the pinstripe one. Um, you know, I'm, I don't wear jerseys anymore unless they have my name on it. You could probably so, put your name on it. Yeah, but then I would look ridiculous. Because you grown? I'm a, I'm a grown man. Now, my kids, they would be able to rock that. But, yes, I'm looking for a big year from Jalen Flores. I'm looking for another big year from Porter Brown. And the names to watch is Nick 
Sanders out of Waco, 254 player. 254. And then uh, Will Gasparino, 6'6", 210 outfielder. 6'6", You sure he's not a, basket, a basketball? No. And I saw him yesterday, too, and he is every bit of 6'6". And so we will see how this season goes. I'm excited about it. We'll continue the conversations throughout the season. We'll have David Pierce every Thursday asking him what his thoughts are about the team from week to week. But coming up next, we've got the author of the Mike Tomlin book, John Harris. He used to be here at the Austin American Statesman as well. We'll talk to him about the book, what he has going on, and he's wrote more than one book. So I want y'all to stay right here. Right here on the Hard Knocks Life on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. Welcome back to the Hard Knocks Life right here on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. And it's time for you to vote. So go over to the AM 1300, The Zone page, and that way you can you have time to vote for the Covert Huddle best play of the week. Was it Patrick Mahomes' game-winning pass to Markel Hardeman? Was it Caitlin Clark becoming the all-time leading scorer? Or was it Coach Vic Schaefer? Getting the win, getting win number 400 against the University of Houston. You can go over there and vote right now. And as of right now, it is Caitlin Clark leading the way at 53.8%. But joining us right now on the phone is a man that most of you have known because he used to be here at the Austin American Statesman. He's an Austin resident. He wrote the book about Mike Tomlin, the soul of a football coach, the biography of the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin. And he also wrote the book From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket for Hall of Famer Edgerin James. He is an award-winning journalist who's also worked in the newspapers and, as I said, for the Statesman and for ESPN. He is one John Harris. John, how you doing, buddy? Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad that you had the time and you took the time to get on with me. I appreciate you linking up with me, and I'm excited to talk about Mike Tomlin, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I do. I appreciate you reaching out. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I know um, this is Longhorn country, (laughs) but uh, it's a (laughs) it's a it's a great story, you know, about a an interesting football coach who a lot of people. I'm familiar with um, because, you know, being with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the success he's had through the years, but also a guy that a lot of people don't know a lot about because he's pretty private, doesn't do commercials and that whole deal. So it's a, oh, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting read uh, about a really interesting individual who uh, is different from a lot of NFL coaches. Yeah, 100% different than a lot of NFL coaches, strictly because of the fact of, the demeanor in which he carries himself. I mean, he seems to be uh, the most professional, upfront, and direct coach that we've had uh, in a short, in a long period of time. You know, I was watching the NFL Honors Award the other day, and uh, Cam Hayward was uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And the first thing he talked about, not only about his father, but he talked about Mike T and how he's the only coach I would ever want to play for. Did you get that from all the people that you talked to throughout this book? Yes, it's amazing. Um, You know, he's a football coach first, obviously, but the way he connects with his players. I know T.J. Watt, you know, the Steelers' uh, big-time Pro Bowl pass rusher, he said he doesn't want to play for anybody else 
if he doesn't play for Mike Tomlin, apparently with their last contract negotiations, he even brought that up. You know, I want to coach him. I want Mike T to be my coach. You know, that's why I'm going to want to stay here with the Steelers. He just has his ability to connect on a uh, coach-player level, but also on a man-to-man level. We're talking to John Harris. He's the author of Tomlin, the soul of a football coach. And I'm I'm curious to this, too, because obviously uh, with it being Black History Month, a, a person of color that has become the Pittsburgh Steelers, the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers after replacing Hall of, Hall of Famer Bill Cowher. And you think about the Rooney Rule and how it was designed. And most people now look at the Rooney Rule as something that's more of a, okay, we got to do this, so we're going to interview these guys, but not really take it seriously. But when Mike Tomlin, yeah. as we've talked about before, the way he speaks – in the, in the direction of his his voice and the way that he presents himself. My man was the head coach of the Steelers at 34 years old, and he's still rocking and rolling. Never had a losing season, but there are some people still in Pittsburgh that want him out. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was in Pittsburgh. That's one of the, my motivations for writing the book. I was in Pittsburgh for 10 years. I I covered the Steelers for the uh, Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I was there when Mike Tomlin was hired, and Mike, it's he was not the crowd favorite then, and he's not the crowd favorite now. You know, how he's managed eight, 17 years, you know, without just going berserk on somebody, <laughs> a reporter or a fan, I don't know. But it's been that way. He was not the favorite choice. Uh, there were a couple coaches on the staff at the time, Ken Wisenhunt and Russ Grimm, who were on Mike who were on Bill Cowher's staff, and they were the uh, leaders in the clubhouse. Everybody thought they were going to, one of those two were going to get the job. Mike Tomlin came out of nowhere. In the book, you can read how it really happened. Uh, John Wooten, uh, former NFL great with the Cleveland Browns, blocked for Jim Brown, had a lot to do with uh, connecting Mike Tomlin with Dan Rooney, the chairman who's passed, but he was the one who made the decision to hire Mike Tomlin back then. And it's a fascinating story of how it all came about. He was the perfect guy. And you said it, the face of the franchise. And I think that's what, I guess, makes the head coaching job in the NFL so different from any other, from even a black quarterback. The, foot, the head coach is the face of the organization. And I think for a lot of teams, that's a, that's a difficult fit <laughs> to have someone looking like a Mike Tomlin as the face of the organization. And that, it's kind of what separates the Steelers from a lot of other NFL teams. And and you sit here and you think about it. We're talking to John Harris, the author of Tomlin's uh, Mike Tomlin's book, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the soul of a football coach, all right here on Sports Radio AM 1300 The Zone. But I wanted to ask you this, because Mike Tomlin, as we've talked about, his direction, the way he carries himself, everything that's involved with him. But then you also have the dynamics of a locker room. There's so many different personalities. We've seen what happened with A.B. We know the stories that have happened with Ben Roethlisberger and his off-the-field antics. And then you got a man like Cameron Hayward, who now is the NFL player, I mean, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And he brought up T.J. Watt. How has he been able to kind of navigate those waters of all these different personalities. You know, this was a perfect, this year was a perfect example of that. Uh, the Steelers showed cracks this year that I hadn't seen uh, in a long time. 
Uh, you know, they were 7-7 seven and seven at one point. They had lost to Arizona and New England back-to-back and two of the worst losses you'd ever want to see. And they were embarrassingly bad. And to kind of address your, your question, this was the perfect time to see what they were afraid. They were, they were kind of fraying. They were coming apart. You know, the wide receivers were – people didn't think they were going – playing hard. There was a lot of comments. If there was a time to lose the locker room, to me, this, you know, they had a quarterback change. This would have been it. If he didn't have that locker room, they would have gone from seven and seven to they probably would have finished seven and ten instead of ten and seven and going to the playoffs. So to me, and I, I think that's maybe one reason why he's back, because there was speculation that maybe he wouldn't be coming back after this year. But I think the ownership saw this was the time. If he had lost control of that locker room, this would have been the time for it to happen. Uh, you know, okay, he's lost it. The players aren't playing for him anymore. They continue to play hard. Uh, they've got some issues personnel-wise, especially a quarterback. But as far as the locker room, I, I think he's still got it. He's going to have to make a decision on a quarterback. That is going to be the huge deal this whole offseason and going into the next year. Got to make the right call on the quarterback. I'm, I'm doubtful or skeptical that Kenny Pickett is the answer. We'll see. They have a new offensive coordinator. There's talk they're going to get another quarterback. But that's, that issue, that position is going to have to be resolved uh, going into the next year. My, my, my pick for them is either Justin Fields or uh, Russell Wilson. But I digress. Tell everybody where they can come <laughs> and pick up your book. Tell everybody where they can pick up your book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it's available on Amazon, uh, always, of course. But all the local um, Barnes & Noble's bookstores here in the Austin area, in fact, tomorrow, Thanks for the plug, Mike. Um, I'll be at the uh, Barnes & Noble, Sunset Valley Village, uh, 5601 Brody Lane at uh, 2 p.m. I'll do an author talk, talk about the book, sign books for anybody that's interested in, in making a purchase. And it's a good story. It's a great story. I promise I'll make it interesting, worth your while. Come out and check it out. I'm going to definitely get you back on because I want to talk to you about Edger and Jane's book, too. I appreciate you jumping on with me, John, and I'll be in touch, my buddy. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. You, too. You, too. We'll be back on the Harsh Knocks Life on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. Welcome back to the Harsh Knocks Life. That was great stuff by my man, John Harris, doing a great job. I'm, I'm so interested in that Mike Tomlin thought process you know what i'm saying it's intriguing to me because mike tomlin is one of those guys that every time you see him he looks like he's no nonsense like it's just straight up (laughs) he looks like he never has fun yeah it's like you right here or you right here there's no in between there you you can't go back and forth with me this is what it is and you remember at the end of the season in that press conference when the lady asked him about the lady reporter asked him Mm. about his contract he just walked off. You know, it's like, no, nah, man, I'm not talking about that. And rightfully so. But so I'm excited about the book. John is he used to write for the Austin American Statesman. So a lot of people here may know him because uh, <clears throat> I definitely do. But I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, Texas women's basketball team. They had a big victory against uh, Texas. I mean, excuse me, against U of H. Texas beat them 82 to 66, and Vic Schaefer got his 400th victory. And by the way, Vic Schaefer's not winning on the uh, on our covert huddle plays of the Uh-oh. week, Paul. It's not looking good for old Vic. It looks more like Caitlin Clark, prisoners of the moment. 
type of people when you start to think about it. So uh, shout out to Coach Schaefer and getting his 400th victory. But you also want to sit here and you look at how he's been able to do it. The players that have been able to step up, and you and I have had these conversations off air, Salty, talking about how Coach Vic talks about how proud he is of these girls. Let's not get it twisted. He recruits very well. Mm -hmm. And when you lose a player like Rory Harmon, yes, it does suck, and it's it's awful for her. As a matter of fact, LHN is running a story about Rory Harmon and T.J. Ford and how they were fans of each other and how T.J. is a huge fan of Rory Harmon. But you look at Madison Booker and what she's been able to do. She's up for National Player of the Year. She is also going to be freshman of the year. She might even be Big 12 Player of the Year. You never know with how these things shake out. But she's elevated her game, and she even spoke about it at the end of uh, in the postgame of the last game where she was like, you know, I, I had to learn what he wanted from me. Mm-hmm. And that's from any player. That's from a freshman to a senior to anybody that is on the court. And just like a Shea Holly, I, I know I bring her name up a lot, but if you look at her, she played 40 minutes the other night for the seventh time this year. That's playing the entire basketball game. That's a lot game. of minutes. Yes, and she's done it seven times. So these players have stepped up and understood what their roles are going to be. You look at an Aaliyah Moore. You look at Deanna Gaston. They know these are high-level players, and they've been able to, to excel even more so this year because they have stepped their game up. So, yes, Coach, I understand it's terrible, but these ladies have done an unbelievable job to be ranked number five as well in the nation. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. Opening day! That's right, baseball is around the corner. But we're definitely going to talk some basketball as well as the Texas men travel to H-Town. We'll hear from Dylan DeSue and Coach RT when we come back right here on the Harsh Knocks Life on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. Welcome back to the Harsh Knocks Life right here on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. Our number two of the Harsh Knocks Life, Mike Harbaugh Hard, Shannon B. Sweeney. And when our number one, we talked about the NBA All-Star Game. We talked about Rob Manford being, uh, telling us that he's going to retire five years from now. And then, of course, we got a chance to talk to my man John Harris talking about Mike Tomlin and the story of the the soul of a football coach in Pittsburgh. I'm so fascinated by that. I'm so fascinated by that story just to see uh, Mike Tomlin and his evolution. 34 years old. Yeah. And been there 17 years and never had a losing season. And people want them to go, want him out of there. He won the Super Bowl in his second year, and I think that has a lot to do with it yeah. as well. This you you want to get back there. You want to get back there. Don't so, we all? Yeah, we all. <laughs> Don't yeah, we all? Especially as Cowboy fans. But coming up right now, we want to talk a little bit about the Texas Longhorns as they travel to take on the number three ranked Houston Cougars tomorrow at noon on CBS. But you can hear the game. Right here, Salty? Right here. Hearing on AM 1300, The Zone. What happens with baseball in that situation? That's baseball will be coming in hot right after okay. the uh, Texas basketball game. Okay. It's going to come coming in right, right. there. Uh, but we got a chance to meet with the media yesterday, uh, Dylan DeSue and Coach Rodney Terry. And one of the questions that was asked from him 
Coach RT was about that quick start and how important it was because we talked about it yesterday. You and I were at the, the arena and we got a chance to see this basketball team play at the level that everybody's been waiting for, especially at home. And this is the opportunity for them to to get off to a fast start. And that's what Coach Rodney Terry was happy to see. So we came out, Eric, and really set the tone uh, with our energy and activity and Guys had a really good urgency about themselves on uh, on both offense and defense. We were we were really dialed into the scouting report in terms of how we wanted to defend those guys. And I thought that uh, I thought our guys got really really lost playing really hard on defense, and uh, we were able to get out and play in transition. And and uh, you know we shared the ball, we moved the ball, ball didn't stick, uh, and uh, you know we got a chance to get some things done with our floor. And I I, I really believe. That statement of where he said the ball didn't stick is most important to me because there's a lot of times that these players will sit back and hold the ball and try to wait for everything to happen instead of just moving it, just move Mm. it, be quick with it. And it's part of the game. I understand it because some of them feel like, hey, I'm about to go get mine because I can but there are some that you sit there and you're like, hey, we need to find the hot shooter. And the hot shooter in that game was one Dylan DeSue. And Dylan DeSue was asked yesterday, who, he got a bunch of National Player of the Week. He was named uh, Oscar Robinson, uh, National Player of the Week, Big 12 Player of the Week. He got a bunch of, of accolades last week because of his hot shooting. I believe he started off five of five from three-point land, and it was the first time that he had got hot like that and broke his record by uh, making seven three-pointers in a game that he had. His previous record, I guess, was at Vanderbilt. But it was going back to his high school days, and he was asked about his his shot-making ability and did it start in high school, and what did he do to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that... um... I, I think I did shoot a little bit more than than you might remember in high school. Um, uh, I made like almost four threes a game in high school my senior year, but I don't think anything's changed really. I think it's just like the level of confidence that um, RT and the coaching staff and um, my teammates have in me and that the way that that's um, positively impacted my self-confidence and my ability to shoot and just, um, just the work that I put in this summer, um, just shooting in the chair and then shooting – um, before I could actually practice was um, something that I was really focusing on. Um, and that's something that uh, is a little bit different right now. Yeah. And that stroke is important because of the way that he's been able to be consistent when he's able to step out, he's finding that confidence every time he touches the basketball. And the best thing about what happened last weekend, and I hope he can translate it into this weekend was the fact that his teammates saw him hot they kept feeding him the ball, and sometimes it get lost in that. If a guy is getting it going, get him the ball back. Make sure that he gets the touch every opportunity that he can because of those situations. There are times where guys will stall him out and not have the ball, not pass it around, and not being able to, to spread the ball because they were looking to get theirs. Um, but that wasn't what was happening last weekend, but they're going to need a big-time effort again this weekend. Don't forget the last time they played the U of H, they uh, went to overtime. 
It was a big-time overtime game. They ended up losing 76-72 to at home. Now they get a chance to go there and try to, to get a little bit of that vengeance that they had. They lost to West Virginia earlier this year, and now they get an opportunity to go play uh, uh, U of H and try to get that there. They were number four at the time, U of H was, mm-hmm. and now they're number three, so they moved up one spot. Uh, what do you think about this Texas basketball team and what you saw? I mean, if we can translate, if we can take what we saw a week ago, and, and that'll be the hard part, right? There was no midweek game for the men this week. Right. So, you know, I think you said they just had they had some rest. Got some practice. So if we can pick up right where we left off last Wednesday, there's no reason that they can't, again, take Houston uh, to the wire and hopefully be on the other side of things this time. I'm looking at uh, Houston's men's hoops Twitter feed and uh, because, you know, Texas is coming to town for the first time as they're now in the same conference, they're going to host a block party prior to the game with free breakfast for the students and asking everybody to, to come out and get geared up. And then as well... The first 1,500 fans in the stands are also going to get a free uh, T-shirt. I'm not sure who number 32 Reggie Cheney is, but that's the shirt they're giving away, a little jersey. Uh, so, yeah, they're really putting, you know, again, when Texas comes to town, it's a big deal. So let's make it a big deal make it a good game. Make it a great game. And uh, I, wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about Rodney Terry and uh, Rodney Page. Rodney Terry got an opportunity to... Uh, reflect on the fact of Rodney Page being the first African-American head basketball coach at the University of Texas. And he and Dylan DeSue was asked about the meaning of Rodney Page and what that means to each of them. You know, if there's no Rodney Page, there's no Rodney Terry. It almost was like kind of like a pastor um, in, the, in the way his cadence was. You'd have to be go to a Baptist church to really understand that. I thought they got a chance to learn a lot about, about him about about being on this campus, uh, how far we've grown and how far we come. I really love the message that he conveyed, um, just about knowing who you are um, and not letting other people define you was a, was a big message that I came away with from, from, from meeting him. Nothing better than having history on your own campus and with someone that's here, that's a living legend, and uh, we got a chance to have that experience yesterday. Shout out to Corey Mose uh, for making sure that 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 audio was present because it is important when you start to think about all the struggles that have happened to get to this point. We just talked about Mike Tomlin Mm -hmm. and how he was he's now become the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you look at what Rodney Terry was able to do, work his way up because of the people that were before him. We're always walking on the heels of other people for us to be able to walk the the way that we want to walk. And it's been impressive to me to watch the way Rodney Terry has been able to maneuver. Because like we talked about before, there's a lot of people that are still looking at him and thinking that he's not supposed to be the head coach. All he does is keep his head down and get back to work and continue to push this basketball team and this topsy-turvy Big 12. When we come back, we're going to get a chance to talk to Texas State Bobcat head coach, Coach Trout. Stephen Trout will join us next on the Hard Knocks Life to preview the Bobcats baseball season. Don't go anywhere on the right here on AM 1300, The Zone. Yeah, folks, it's that time of the year. It's opening day, and everybody is losing their mind if they are a college baseball fan. But I know one guy that is keeping it calm, cool, and collected. He is the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats, Coach Stephen Trout. Coach Trout, how you doing this morning, buddy? 
I'm doing great, man. You know, not, not a lot of sleep last night, to be honest with you. You, you flip and turn, and, and uh, you can't wait to wake up for this day. You're working long time for it and uh, just excited to, to get after it tonight. So appreciate you having us up this morning and, and on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit about this Texas State baseball team. You know, two years ago, you had that epic, epic run. Last year, you, you, you didn't have that epic run, but you had some outstanding performances and you just fell a little bit short but coming into this season you know what are the expectations that you put on your team right from the very beginning because i know there's a lot you got 18 seniors that are coming back yeah no doubt about it i mean I, each year you know we, we try to keep it pretty simple when it comes to goals and, and expectations and all the above um and we understand we, we've got a lot of guys back uh, we have a lot of newness in our program as well uh, with transfers and, and some of their young guys. And so uh, we're excited for the talent. But at the end of the day, our, our, our goal every year is the exact same. We want to we wanna make the field of 64, play in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, and that's always just goal number one. And so along the way, hopefully we, you know, we cap off, you know, win 40 games, win the Sun Belt, uh, win the tournament. A lot of different things go into that. But at the end of the day, that's always the expectation is to uh, play in the NCAA tournament. And then once you get in the dance, um, who knows what's happened. So it's a, it's a long journey to get there, but I definitely think we have the squad to uh, show up and execute and play the right way. Uh, this could be a fun fun team to watch. And you're playing in the Sunbelt West, and, and, and that's a division with Arkansas State, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Troy, Louisiana, and UL Monroe. But the, the, the Sunbelt is always one of those conferences that – you never know what's going to happen. That's why they call it the fun belt. There's so much activity that is going on in that conference. And you alluded to it just a little bit ago, talking about the transfer portal. Everybody seems to be in the transfer portal these days. And how do you go about picking the right person to come and be a part of your organization? Yeah, I mean, first Sun Belt, it's, uh, you know, it's a top five league in the country. And uh, I think we finished five, fifth last year in the RPI. So, Every weekend, you better bring it. Um, every game, you better bring it. Everybody's going to have really good arms on the weekend and, and really good um, offenses. And it doesn't matter who you're playing on what day or what location. Um, if you play well, you have a chance to win. If you, if you don't play well, you're getting beat. And so uh, that, that's the beauty of it. So, uh, but yeah, with us, you know, we, we, uh, we keep it a little, a little old school. We, we try to build our team with, uh, with really good high school players. I think um, obviously in the great state of Texas, we've got really good talent around us. And uh, so we're always going to grab um, a good pick of high school guys. And then, you know, we still hit the, the JUCOs and, uh, and now the portal. Uh, we kind of com combine them a little bit uh, of necessities, right? We, we're trying to bring in those older guys that maybe we feel like we have a hole in our team. And uh, we try to grab those older guys that have some experience under their belt um, in the JUCO world or in the portal world, maybe trying to just get a different look or trying to get more um, exposure, more playing time or, or guys that, you know, we just, we, we did a lot of research on. And so um, each year is a little bit different. Um, you know, this year we're only brought in six high school players, um, but the other years has been different. So um, each year you just got to look at your team and figure out what's going to make your team the best heading into that next season. We're talking to head baseball coach of Texas State Bobcats, Stephen Trout, as they get ready to take on Youngstown State tonight over at the ballpark at 6 p.m. first pitch. And, Coach, I wanted to talk to you about Chase Moore. Obviously, he's the superstar. He's the guy with all the tower power, as they like to say. And that was an amazing, amazing freshman campaign. And then, you know, you start to look at it and say, all right, what more can this guy do? So what more can he do? <laughs> he, he's a talented kid man I, I think the first thing for him was um he he stayed the same kid that, that he was last year and that's right. how he shows up every day his competitive side of it 
there, there's not an ego about him that, hey, I'm the All-American coming back. It's more, I'm just trying to find a way to get myself as good as I can every single day and and uh, and then find a way to get this team to win. And so he's he, he's a winner and uh, he loves to win. And uh, that's why he's one of our leaders as as a sophomore. But yeah, for him, it's like, hey, man, like just like everybody, like you can't listen to the outside noise. It's also to get these, um, you know, All-American awards preseason and all these expectations going into it. But uh, this game's hard. And uh, I've seen guys that sophomore year come in and struggle. But, uh, you know, guys like him that work hard and, and keep that level head and, and doesn't change who they are um, as a teammate or doesn't change them as a as a person. They're still very coachable and they listen. Um, it, it usually works out for those guys. And so I, I've told him, hey, man, I, I don't expect you to 17. I'd love it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that, that's tough to do. So uh, for me, man, just go out there and, and help this team win and, and uh, let the numbers fall. Uh, where they fall and so you know we're not really stat you know oriented around here it's more about just diving into the process and and uh, just having those quality at bats and making plays but you know what he does is he leads our team pretty well from a vocal standpoint um, even last year as a freshman he was the guy when the pitcher was struggling he was the guy calling time out to go talk to him and so he just has that leadership quality about him uh, that's you know just you can't you can't really coach it right it's just some guys are born with it and he's definitely born with it, born with that it factor I love it I love it I'm excited to check him out as well but let's get on to your pitching staff obviously pitching is the key to the success uh, the and failures of any baseball team if you can't throw it across the plate and let your team play behind you it's going to be tough what are the expectations on the mound and who should everyone be paying attention to yeah, you know, even even though I still run our offense and, and score like to score a lot of runs, um, I've never been on a championship team that couldn't pitch and play defense. And right. so um, it always starts with those guys. And that's probably, you know, on paper looking at it, the scariest part of our team is, you know, we, we lost Levi Wells and Zeke Wood, our Friday, Saturday starters, and then uh, Tristan Dixon, who was one of our big bullpen pieces. Um, and so, you know, just like every year, you got you to find a way to replace them, right? So um, I do feel like we've done a great job in recruiting with Coach Blakely and, and the rest of my staff of bringing in really good quality arms. Um, you know, for a lot of them, we do have some guys that return as starters and then some guys are making their first start at this level. So, uh, you know, Coach Mass is in a great job of, of getting these guys better throughout the, uh, you know, seven, eight months we've had them. And, uh, yeah, we'll roll out tonight with Austin Eaton, who's a transfer from Navarro College, uh, 92-94, throws it where he wants to. He's a two-way guy, so he's got that, you know, athlete, competitive uh, nature on the mound. He's kind nice. of a bulldog mentality guy. And, and uh, so I'm excited to see uh, what his heart rate and what his stuff does. Um, under the uh, under the lights in our ballpark with that crowd rocking tonight, and then uh, Mr. Mustache himself, Jack Stroud on Saturday. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen his stash, it's the best in the country. Uh, but he's done a great job of of taking the taking his pitches to the next level. Him and Mass worked on a change up this off season. He was he was our closer last year, um, and so we you know to get him the rotation, we wanted to add a third pitch in there and then develop it. And he's done a great job with that. And then uh, Peyton Zabel, who was our Tuesday guy last year, big. Um, six, six, eight kid from South Dakota. Uh, he's a monster and, uh, he's got a chance to be really dominant and, uh, he's finally fully healthy and, and ready to roll. So, uh, I've got some, you know, back end pieces that are going to be new to us. Um, so, you know, pretty much besides maybe one or two guys, when, when they come in the game, it's going to be their first appearance in a Bobcat uniform. And so, uh, we're going to, we're going to figure it out as fast as we can and watch those guys go compete, but I'm excited. It's a lot of talented guys. And so, uh, I'm excited for what they can do. I'm excited for you, Coach, and we can hear it in your voice. And I was going to ask about this because there's so many different thought processes. And as a former player like yourself, you, the night before that first game, 
What what you said you couldn't sleep last night. Is it more the excitement or it's more like, okay, what's my lineup? How am I going to get all this stuff figured out? <laughs> I mean, because it goes into all these different thought processes. Yeah. As a player, I always felt like it was the night before. It's like, okay, finally, you know, no, no practice. Let's go play the next <laughs> yeah. day and let's go get after it. As a coach, it starts like a, a week before. And yeah, it, it usually starts out, you know, what's my, what's my lineup? What's my rotation? What's all that? Then you kind of finally get part of that set. Um, and you know, early in this, it, a lot of this is going to change yeah, the first no doubt. month of the season as we figure it out. But the other part is, is, Hey, have we covered everything? I think as a, a goal as a coach is, you know, have we covered every scenario and you probably can't cover every single one of them. Uh, but you want to give your team the best position. And so, I mean, I, I'll wake up at 3 AM and go, Oh my gosh, we haven't talked about this. And I'll grab my <laughs> phone and write notes in my phone. So yeah, not a, not a lot of great sleep the first week. Uh, but you know, I think we walk in every time going, you know what, our team's prepared. And, uh, you know, if we screw something up, we'll, we'll go back to work on it. And so, uh, but then same thing, I, it, it's like a, it's like we're playing today. And so I, I do have those nerves of making sure we're ready to play. Uh, but then the excitement, right? We get the uniform on, we get to go coach and get that crowd uh, pumping and another team walks in. And so let's get the competitive juices flowing and, and go get after it. So that's obviously what you put all the time and the effort into um, is to reap the rewards of the next, you know, five months. And so we're, we're ready to roll. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm thankful that uh, we get a chance to chop it up before the big week starts, and we'll definitely be doing this consistently because I'm I'm intrigued by this entire baseball season because there's so much that is out there, all the transfers, all the thought processes, but the ultimate goal is to get to Omaha, and I can't wait to watch this journey, man. Thank you for getting up with me this morning, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for all your coverage. I appreciate it. What all well, you do for college baseball. Looking forward to watching baseball myself, man. It's the best time of the year. So appreciate all the support. Hope to see some guys in San Marcos uh, tonight. I appreciate it. There he is, the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats, Coach Stephen Trout. His team was 36-23, and 17-13 in the Sunbelt Conference. And as he said, the Sunbelt Conference is a conference that is tough, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball. They always come out there and battle. They'll be taking on the Texas Longhorns coming up here in the next couple of weeks as they will both be in um, at Minute Maid getting ready for their matchup down there. Salty, you know, you're going to learn a lot of baseball here in the next in the next few months. And all of these coaches with these opportunities that they have. They start this weekend with Youngstown State. Then they get they play TCU up in Fort Worth. That's going to be a tough battle. And then I'll be calling their games here this next week as they will be at the Carbach Round Rock Classic that I'll be covering. They will get a chance to play Kansas on Friday. They'll play Kentucky on uh, Saturday. And they will play Washington State on Sunday. Hopefully you'll get a chance to come over there and check them out. You may not be at the dish, but you can definitely come over to to Round Rock and check a game out. There you go. There you go. There you go. Get me, get me out and about. Yeah, I got it's for the baseball. Nice ways, well, for baseball, it's for baseball. Come it's on for now, baseball. Yeah, they 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 are a fun baseball team. Texas State, that is. They have had some success. They were a few games away from being in the College World Series um, when they lost to Stanford the same way we did. It was the exact same scenario oh, for them to be able to go that's there. It is. It's it's so. Amazing that back-to-back years, Stanford gets a chance to go to the College World Series by beating Texas State and then the University of Texas. Crazy, crazy times in uh, 
in Stanford. But their baseball team is solid. Texas baseball team is solid. Texas Tech, Texas A&M. And as I said, TCU is the favorite in the Big 12. So there's going to be a lot of challenges for each of these teams as they start their journey. The one thing that you can always look for, the team that has the most success is the team that stays the healthiest. If you can stay healthy in baseball, you'll have a better opportunity of exceeding all the goals that you have because the talent is going to be the same. It is baseball. You got to be able to throw strikes. You got to be able to catch it and you got to be able to field it. And if you can do that and you can hit it around a little bit, things are going to be a lot of fun. So salty. Get ready. Get your baseball glove ready. I, I can tell how passionate you are. You're getting choked up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about baseball right now, man. It's opening weekend. I cannot wait. Coming up next, we'll close out the show and send you over to Dan Patrick. But we will. No, it's the Salty Shakedown. We ain't closing out the show yet. You, you just said skip it. <laughs> My bad. We got the Salty Shakedown coming up next. You don't want to miss it. I'm hoping we'll hear some Caitlin Clark noise. I don't know. We might. We'll be right back here on the Hard Knocks Life on Sports Radio AM 1300, The Zone. Even though I tried to jump the gun a little bit and think that we were ending the show. Hard is ready the t- for the weekend. This is, this is the show where we, uh, this is the part of the show where we get to the salty shakedown as she breaks down some obscure sports news that you might not have been paying attention to. Take it away, Salty. All right, Harge, um, as we've been talking about today, uh, college baseball is underway, and this week we had players in the major leagues report to training camps, bring training going down, and so there's been some news that's been coming out of some camps, and one of them is the Nationals. Mike Rizzo, the GM, has signs posted uh, throughout the field's and West Palm Beach. And these signs read, I don't care how fast you throw ball for. Can you explain that to me, Harge? What is the motivation behind this? And is that actually motivating? Read that to me one more time. I don't care how fast you throw ball for. Yeah, he doesn't. Because everybody's always talking about the radar gun and how hard they throw. Doesn't matter how hard you throw if it's ball four. You got to be able to throw strikes. That's what he said. Yeah, you have to be able to establish that, oh, man, I throw 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but you hit seven batters. So you're not accurate with your 100 miles an hour or you walked the bases Mm -hmm. loaded again. Throw strikes and let the defense play behind you. Quit worrying about your RPMs and your spin rates and all this other stuff. It don't matter if you have the, oh, he's got a ridiculous spin rate. Yeah, he bounced his curveball at 45 feet. In discussing this yesterday, um, and as a reminder, last season, Washington walked 9.4% of opposing batters. Uh, Mr. Rizzo said, as Harsh just said, in this league, you have to throw strikes. I didn't want to be a smart bleep. And put that up, but I think with one of the youngest teams in the league, like we have, and a young pitching staff, I wanted them to know that it is important to the guy making the decisions on who's making the team. Yeah. I do like that, but the one the, the odd thing is is the main picture going around is of this radar gun that's standing up, and then on the fence line you see uh, the sign. But if you're standing on the mound... You're not going to be able to read that sign. <laughs> Wait, what does that say? 
Yeah, don't nobody care how hard you throw if it's not a strike. Real so, uh, interesting tactic there by uh, one Mr. Rizzo. We'll see. Maybe he trades the signs out every couple of days to give, pro- provide some more <laughs> motivation for the Nationals. Of course, they share training camp facilities with the Astros, um, and so they'll get plenty of looks at each other. And who knows? Maybe maybe they'll get better at, at uh, mm. walking opponents. Moving over to the NBA, Harge. Of course, it is NBA All-Star Weekend. That'll be the story uh, throughout most of the weekend, P.J. Tucker, who is an all-star in our hearts because he is a former Longhorn and uh, quite an accomplished guy, really big into the shoe game. Um, but he's not going to be buying shoes for probably a hot minute because he was just fined $75,000 for expressing a desire to be traded. Earlier in the month, uh, he had told reporters that he was actively trying to get traded before the trade deadline and the NBA and the Clippers took that as a slight and saying you can't do that. So the 38-year-old who has not actually played since November 27th, he's been taken out of the Clippers rotation, fined $75,000. Now, he was traded to the Clippers um, as part of the James Harden deal. So he didn't really want to be there anyway. At 30, I didn't really, he's kind of old now. Yeah, well. Like there's LeBron, but LeBron is playing at LeBron level and then, well, but I mean, if you're if you don't have to be LeBron level, you can be a guy that is in the league and and is able to stick around that long. The biggest thing for me is I was curious to it as well. He got told to stay home the last uh, road trip. They didn't even take him on the road. He and Bones Highland. Yeah. So I'm just curious to what's really happening with him right now. As far as that is concerned, and if he gets his release, he can go anywhere yeah. he wants well, to. Well, it's just kind of a weird rule, too, because if you're put in that position, how are people supposed to know that you want to play? Yeah. You know, you're already that age. Are people thinking, oh, he's just, he just is old. He doesn't want to do it anymore. No. I think he, I think he's, I think he's still about that life. And, and the, the, the interest, intricacies of like saying something one way and it meaning what you want it to mean and yeah. not getting in trouble for it versus doing it another way. Uh, you know, it's just it's, it's, gotta be able to play the game the right way. Yes, PJ. So, uh, yeah, he was. I think I saw something on his Instagram about uh, he wants to learn to fly so that he can then fly away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, sorry, sorry, I, I'm sure 75k can get you a lot of sneakers, PJ. But that is going straight to the NBA for your fine. I don't know how much he makes a game, but I guess maybe oh, that's sure. just a little drop in the yeah, hat overall. For him. Uh, for one, Mr. P.J. Tucker. Finally, Harge, um, today we're going to be talking some Austin FC. There was a party last night held yeah. in celebration of the new Austin FC secondary jersey. Of course, at home they they play with the kind of classic uh, well, how classic four season here now this year, uh, but the green and black kind of striped looking jerseys. They had these mint secondary jerseys the last two years. Yeah. Oh. Personally, I wasn't a fan of them. Not they don't it didn't work well with, with my skin. I'm too light to be wearing <laughs> colors like that. But the new armadillo kit officially revealed with a party last night um, downtown in Austin. It is known as the Spirit of the Dillo. And, uh, of course, the Minister of Culture says the music, the party, the creativity, and the belief in Austin as a place where all walks of life come together to celebrate community. It's a uniquely Austin experience. And that spirit was created 
at the Dillo is alive and well at Q2 Stadium on the Austin FC match day. So the new jerseys are kind of a cream color base. You still got the green Yeti across the chest, the green Adidas on one side, the green uh, oak tree on the other. And then the sleeves uh, feature a new color of green with those classic three Adidas stripes going down the sleeve and then on the back. They feature the location of the Barton Springs Road Armadillo World Headquarters at 525 and a half Barton Springs Road on the neckline. Harch, have you seen these? I did. Do you like them? No. Because I like them better than the mint ones. I still think I'm a bigger fan of the classic. Yeah. And I really like the white jerseys they came out with that first season. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey obviously has something to say about this. And uh, what he says is, what you can do in Austin is follow your ears. Follow your ears and you're usually going to like what you see. And that's what he said. And then he also went on. Follow the rhythm. Follow the rhythm. Follow the rhythm. I don't know what none of that means. The jerseys, eh. I mean, it's it's okay. It's all right. I mean, I'm, I, I like going to Austin FC games. I like the fun about it. I don't actually have a kit. I don't, I mean, don't I don't think, no, I don't have a kit. But I was looking at some of those prices on some of those jerseys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, those things are, are, are definitely... Yeah, if Pricey. if you want the uh, authentic kit in the, the newest version, it's a hundred and sixty dollars, uh, or you can spend a hundred dollars on the replica version. Essentially, the replica doesn't come with all the sponsors on it, <laughs> which is super which is... odd. You're paying the sponsor so you can walk around as a walking billboard, but, but you're not going to get all of them. Stranger Things, uh, but that the authentic version of the now old. Secondary uniform, the mint green one, now on sale for eighty bucks nice. over at Fanatics. So uh, if you want to cop one of those, that, I'm that sure my that's, son that's my kind one. of. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm get the retro stuff. I'm sure my son. So will I can have get one. it on sale. Yeah, no doubt. They come Throw out back. with all the. I mean, because you know, like the NBA, almost soccer, they do these kind of in season things as well mm-hmm. for Love Unites and Childhood Cancer and all of these different variations that and things that they support, which is really cool, but it's pricey. Yeah. It's pricey for the fans. It's definitely pricey, but those that get it, yeah. you obviously know that they got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to get it. Well, for those interested in throwing <laughs> it down, those in the newest jerseys are available now, both online at the Yeti stores and at the Verde stores downtown and in the domain. There it is today's Salty Shakedown. Man, we're going to get back to that uh, throwing strikes. By the Washington Nationals, that's exactly what needs to be happening. P.J. Tucker, come on, man. I mean, I don't understand why you get fined for saying you want to be traded because most of the time that's what's going to end up happening. And those Austin FC Dillo jerseys, great salty shakedown as always. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show and send you over to Dan Patrick. Right here on the Harsh Knocks Life on Sports Radio, AM 1300, The Zone. What another great week of shows that we have had this week. Uh, excited, excited about what's happening on the 40 Acres. There's so much that is going on. The uh, Rob Manford stepping down at the age of 70. Yeah, that's five years from now. Uh, NBA All-Star Game this weekend. Salty, I'm not even going to ask you who you got because you probably don't even know. We went through the names. 
But whoever uh, plays defense. Yeah, we're gonna end up we're gonna end up covering the NBA coming up in the second half of the season. This is the All Star break, so we'll really dive into it. I want to thank my man John Harris for coming on and talking about. He is the author of the book about Mike Tomlin and what it's like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler head coach, the soul of the football coach. Uh, make sure you go out to Barnes & Noble right here down at Sunset Valley. He'll be signing autographs tomorrow as well. I want to thank uh, Coach Trout from Texas State as well as they get ready to break down their season. And uh, we got a great, great insight to what's going on down there at Bobcat Nation. So eat them up, cats. But, of course, Texas Longhorns men's and women's basketball both have big matchups. Tomorrow, the men will take on the University of Houston down in H-Town, uh, number three ranked University of Houston uh, basketball team. You can watch that game on CBS, but you can also listen to it right here with my man Craig Way on the call. Craig Way is back. Make sure you listen to his show from 2 to 5 uh, this afternoon. His voice is back. He's sounding good. <laughs> I got a chance to listen to him yesterday. Um, glad to hear Craig back on the microphone as always. Him and Cam do a great job. 2 to 5 right here on AM 1300 The Zone. But Salty this weekend, the women's basketball team host Iowa State at the Mood. Make sure you get there. They can listen to that game where? 1031 FM, our sister station, Austin's 80s station in the home of Texas women's basketball. And you I'll, be, it, I'll be running that game. And you said it's 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock? 3 o'clock. I don't know when the switch happened. Yeah. Uh, it was originally 1 o'clock. Somewhere along the way, it got moved <laughs> to 3. So we've got that all scheduled. Thank goodness. I think it's because um, they got a, a TV lineup change. Yeah. Uh, due to how well they're playing. Yeah. So. And that's important for them because the more eyes that get a chance to see what Madison Booker's been able to do since taking over for Rory Harmon, it's been a, a, a big-time plus for Coach Vic and his squad. Uh, Rodney Terry going down to H-Town. As I said, they lost 76-72 last time in overtime. Come out with play with a lot of energy like they did at the very beginning of that Virginia, West Virginia game is going to be important. But if you are able to go out to the dish tonight. Make sure you check out that new Yeti uh, left field wall and everything that goes in there. I'm sure there's going to be some madness that is going to be happening because everybody's happy that baseball is back. Uh, if you're going to watch the game, you can watch it on LHN. Our man uh, Greg Swindell and Keith Moreland will be on the call. Last season of LHN, folks. Last season of LHN, last runs of baseball, you get that opportunity. So make sure you make the most of it. You can listen to both of those guys or, of course, as I said, put our man Craig Way in your headset because we got the best of the best that's doing baseball at the University of Texas. Enjoy your weekend, Salty. I'm going to enjoy mine. Vacation. Oh, by the way, we will not be on Monday morning. No show Monday morning. So listen to this show again. So listen to this one. Go to the podcast page. Tell five friends to tell five friends and Maybe we can all be friends. But most importantly, thank y'all for tuning in. 7 to 9 every day, Monday through Friday. And just remember this. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.